Start that up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2313 today, talking with a very fascinating guy who took his dad's love for cars and then his love for cars and created quite an active business. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Sewanee, Georgia, with a very special guest. This guy is one of the most busiest guys I think I'm ever going to talk to, by the name of Sean Mathis. Sean, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We're going to have some fun. Now, before we dive into, as I said, what is a very, I don't know how you do everything you do in your life. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you? Uh, I flew on a C-130 from Reno, Nevada to Bagram, Afghanistan, and was there during Thanksgiving, my son's first birthday, Christmas, New Year's, and my wife's birthday. Oh, well, you know, I know you're Air Force veteran, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, thank you for your service very, very much. I, I greatly appreciate that. My next-door neighbor is a retired Air Force flyer. Uh, he flew those planes back in the day before he went on and started flying uh, normal folks like me around on American Airlines, and he's told me some wonderful stories. But, uh, you know, the sacrifices that you and all the veterans and their families do, I I can't emphasize enough how appreciative i am and, and everybody in this country should be thank you because that's that's tough man what's it like flying on a plane like that though i mean do you have like nice cushy seats or you in those little canvas hammock things you see hanging on the, on the back no yeah it's it's those net jumpers oh. we had a few, we had a few guys that brought hammocks and they were strung up inside the plane it, it was long man oh. it, was, it was brutal we were laying on top of pallets because we actually we were working on c-130 so it was all our gear so we we took our planes with all our stuff, and oh. you know the pe- the people were just the afterthought. Oh yeah, you know I've seen pictures of that, and oh my gosh, uh, well you guys are tough. So thank you, thank you very much. It was fun. Yeah, that's a long flight. I just took a flight to India over Christmas time, and uh, that was a long flight too. But I yes, can't imagine is. doing it the way you guys do. Plus the noise, okay, it's got to be like deafening. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's constant white noise it's just it's just you hear the hum of the motors the whole time so no movies no you know table side meals none of that huh <laughs> not at all <laughs> no i didn't think so oh my goodness well thanks again i really appreciate it let me give you an introduction here sean mathis founded miles through time automotive museum in 2017 with only one car it was his pops 1959 cadillac now his award-winning museum displays over 100 years of automotive history with over 70 vehicles and 5,000 model cars. You sound like one of those guys that collects model cars like I have. Sean is also the owner of Vintage Garage Antiques and the creator of the Automotive Museum Guide. Sean is an Air Force veteran, as he mentioned, a board member of the National Association of Automobile Museums, and if that's not enough, he also works with his wife, Tori, at their marketing agency. We'll learn a lot more about Sean, the museums, the guide, and everything. But first, a word from our sponsors, so give them a little listen. Sit tight, buckle up. We'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up. But my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collector's Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? 
tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. So, Sean, we are back. So, you know, my first thought is I got to know you a little bit before we connected today. How on earth does this guy do all of this? So I want to kind of start with the beginning of how you got into your passion for cars. I mentioned your pop's car that you started the museum with. And then I want to talk individually about Through Time Automotive Museum, Automotive Museum Guide, Vintage Garage Antiques, and I'd like to hear about this marketing agency too. But let's go back in time. How did you become a car guy? I have always been into cars my entire life. I couldn't really pinpoint it back to something specifically other than I just, I always thought of them as more than just transportation. So, you know, it started with getting my first car and doing everything I could with that. And, you know, I finally got the opportunity to, to inherit my grandpa's 59 Cadillac, which opened me up to the whole classic car world and it changed my life. Well, most definitely. And so let's start with the Through Time Automotive Museum because it all started with Pop's car, as you say, that beautiful Cadillac. What gave you the drive, the the idea to start a museum? Because museums, oh my goodness, these are these are tough deals. I've had many, many museum curators, directors on the show. I was involved with the LeMay Museum, which is about 15 minutes from my house from the 
when it was just a twinkle in Harold LeMay's eye, up until the museum they have there. And of course, I've been to some of the wonderful museums all over the world. But so what was the impetus to go, ah, I think I'll just start a museum with Pop's car? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it wasn't quite an epiphany like that. What it was was, uh, you know, I, I felt so grateful to have my grandpa's Cadillac that I wanted to share it with absolutely everybody I could. Nice. I got that car delivered to me and literally stayed up all night long detailing it. I was finishing the wheels when my wife got up in the morning. And I, t- I took it to car shows. It's got its own Facebook page. It's got its own website. I got it on the cover of a magazine. And I, I just I did everything I could with it just because... You know, I felt I wanted to share it with everybody and yet it got really old uh, after a little while of spending every Saturday at car shows and, uh, you know, having a car that didn't necessarily fit into the I'm driving a Mopar or I'm driving a Mustang or anything like that. Um, And it was an old car. You know, the only thing I've visually done to the car is put brand new white wall tires on it. Other than that, it's it's still the car my grandpa had sitting in his shop. So, uh, you know, I I, I was like, what if I had a place that I could park this thing that was climate controlled and have people come to me instead of me going to them. And so I I thought of this idea where I could, it was essentially a storage facility that all the storage facilities I knew of just shoved them in warehouses and nobody ever got to see them except for when the owner came to pull it out. So I was like, instead of doing that, which is such a waste, I I wanted to have it displayed as a museum. So I'd have an opportunity to store my car somewhere and somebody else would as well. And then you'd you know, the owners would get to drive it when they wanted to. But while they weren't, they were displayed as museum exhibits. And so th- this was just an idea I had to do in a few, you know, years down the road when I had more than one car, more time, more money. Uh, and then the opportunity came to to give it a shot. And I, I felt I would have regretted if I, I wouldn't have tried. So I went all in and, and uh, learned a lot along the way. Well, no kidding. What color is the car? Wood Rose. Which Wood is, uh, Rose. Beautiful. Pink, essentially. Goes back to the pink Cadillac. Uh, like, and of course, that era, that year, a 59, that's kind of the, that's the cat's meow. My goodness. Uh, that car is just incredible from, from every aspect. It was just all those years of the buildup of the winged cars and, you know, all that fun stuff. That was like the last of that massive era, right? Yeah, it actually holds the record for the highest production fit on any vehicle. And it's the only year, 1959. Wow. Wow. Well, they're amazing and how fortunate you are. And in that color, I mean, uh, kind of a unique color that you don't see very often. So I'm very, very happy to do that. So tell us a little bit about the what the museum, where the museum is, what people can expect to see when they go there. So the, the museum, uh, you know, I started it in 2017. Uh, I initially, it was all storage based and I even did consignment. And uh, for the first three years, if it was open, it was because I was there. Eventually, I outgrew the space, had an opportunity to move it, turned it into a 501c3 nonprofit, and went from that one car that I started in 2017 to currently over 70 full-size cars on display. Whoa. Um, and the, the museum's collection, we now have 11 vehicles that the museum owns, all of which have been donated either by individuals or other car museums. And the rest of the cars are all privately owned, many of which are are family heirlooms to somebody else, keeping in line with that same uh, idea that started the museum. How cool is that? So you've got this history, family history thing. So that means each car has, well, most cars do have a story, but each car has a story. That's right. Oh, how fun. Now, I also mentioned in your intro, you got a few model cars. Yeah, and the neat thing is, is every single one of those model cars have been donated to the museum. Wow. So I was actually on a, a morning show um, 
in Atlanta. And uh, the guy came through and toured the museum and, and somebody was watching and she came to the museum afterwards and met me and saw everything that we were doing. And we wound up going up to her place and boxing up her late husband's collection of cars. Oh, nice. And uh, he, he literally for over 20 years bought a Franklin Mint, Danbury Mint, every single time they came out with one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so she, she donated the entire collection and 13 display cabinets to display them in. <laughs> Well, that's got to be fun because, you know, we see that especially now with baby boomers aging and collections and maybe family members don't want all these things. I just don't have the room for them, but they don't want to just dump them. You know, I mean, I, I doubt anybody would throw them away, but what do you do with this? And it's a respect for somebody's passion, a family member's passion for things they collected and meant were dear to, but it's hard to know how do you deal with all this stuff. So that must have made her very happy. It's pretty awesome to be able to provide that outlet for her. So each cabinet, it's it's referred to as the Tom Ash collection. And she comes into the museum. And if you ever see her um, sitting there, she'll pull up a chair, just stare at his collection and, and reminisce. And oh, how nice. It's, it's pretty neat to be able to do that. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Now, where the, is the museum located? The museum is located in Clarksville, Georgia, which is about an hour and a half from the heart of Atlanta, uh, northeast of okay. Atlanta. Okay, so easy to find. And we'll be listing websites and everything for you listeners so you can learn about it. So you're in the area, you can go visit or make a special trip. If you're, as summer is coming here for road trips, uh, there's some great places to go, which is a great segue into your automotive museum guide. Tell us about this. This was something I, I I didn't anticipate creating either. Um, this was, you know, when I started Miles Through Time, I had no experience in the museum world whatsoever. So it was a mad dash to try to figure out what the heck I'm supposed to do <laughs> to make this thing successful. So I immediately just started searching as like trying to find out what other car museums were doing. And, and in my quest to do that, I found a lot that didn't have any information. I found a lot of information that was outdated on closed museums. Um, but basically, I, I, I put all that information together, took what I needed from it. Um, but rather than waste all my research, I turned it into this website that became a resource of making it easy for visitors to find car museums all over the country. And over the course of a few years, I, I kept adding to it and adding to it. And now there's over 300 automotive museums just in North America listed. Wow. Wow. Well, you got a great website. And again, we'll put a link to that. I think this, you know what, when I looked at that, I went, this is so cool because what if you were doing a road trip and we've all done this. And I used to travel to Europe a lot for work. And the first time I went, I came back and I told people, oh, I was here, I was there. And they said, oh, did you go over to see this? Or that? And I'm like, what? You mean if I'd gone one block south, I would have found this very cool car museum in this little town? I had no idea. So you, what you're providing is a wonderful, wonderful resource. And do you keep finding more? Because uh, we all know the big museums. I mean, it's pretty right. simple. But there's all these other, well, like your museum and others that exist out there, and even private collections that I would assume if people could reach out and say, hey, I'm going to be in your town. I'd like to see your cars. Well, we all know car people. They love to share, right? Yeah. You know, every once in a while, a, a new one comes up on my radar. Or, or what's interesting is a lot of museums are still being created. Uh, and so as they get created, they get added to the museum. Um, and, and with that, car museums close as well. And so I've got to keep that updated. Well, we saw that during COVID, sadly. And I had many, many guests on the show that had to close their museums. But going back to some that have opened, the new Savoy uh, Museum. Uh, I had the director there on the show last year when they opened and, you know, 
beautiful, beautiful place. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's wonderful. And people can just go to the website and get on your mailing list, as I have, and you just send notice notifications and updates on what's new and what's going on so that they keep being reminded that you're out there, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll actually feature at least three museums every single week. And uh, I, I kind of do that as a way to go through the list myself and make sure everything is up to date and, and give museums an opportunity to be discovered by people. So I've got to think, is your goal to visit all these museums? It actually it is. Uh, I actually I purchased a 1999 mock MSVRV that I'll be taking a mock automotive museum tour. I'll be taking multiple round trip tours visiting all of America's automotive museums in it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, this is pretty cool. You know, I was just at the uh, La Jolla Concours, my hometown Concours, over uh, the past, well, the time the show airs will be a few weeks ago. But I was thinking about road trips because um, Airstream had a couple vehicle there, vehicles there on display. And I was with my old college roommate, and he was talking about wanting to get one of those and pull it behind his vehicle and take his girls on road trips to show them America and spend time. And uh, have you ever been inside one of those Airstream Airstream? Those things are nice. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that would be the way to roll. And they also had the uh, uh, the, the big van, modified van. So if you're happy to be in tighter quarters, you know maybe there's just two of you. But uh, what a great idea to travel this country and go visit car museums and the automotive museum guide here that Sean has created. Uh, that's your go-to for this. Also, want to talk about vintage garage antiques. As if you're not already busy enough, my friend. What's this all about? So, again, this was not planned by any means. <laughs> uh, but when I moved the museum from its original location inside of its old location or inside of its new location, uh, it was actually inside of an overflow flea market. It wasn't a nice place, but I, I essentially I took a, a large section of the guy's space and created a museum from scratch in it again, <laughs> you know, three, three years later. Uh, but the difference of this place was that the flea market staff was where visitors would get their tickets to the the museum and they'd be able to go into a self-guided tour, which made it so that I didn't necessarily have to be there every day and also made the museum open seven days a week. Ah, so that was perfect. that was huge. However, after about a year of uh, this setup, I was moving a concept car in that was just donated to the museum after hours. And the guy that owned the flea market came up to me and said, like, by the way, I'm not renewing my lease. <laughs> so ah. uh, uh, after a you know, little bit of a panic, talked to my wife, and it was determined that we were going to do our own thing. Um, the antique part of it was appealing. The flea market, not so much, but it all served a purpose. So I created Vintage Garage Antiques, and all the vendors at Vintage Garage Antiques are what actually support not only Vintage Garage Antiques, but Miles Through Time, which also enabled me to expand the museum not once, but now twice. Wow. Well, man, this is pretty cool. You are one smart guy. Um, <laughs> it's leveraging and moving and, and making things happen. Uh, so you're going to be like the uh, the new Mike Wolf of American Pickers here. I think as you go out and travel around and find cars and or be like Harold LeMay, you know, he traveled the country and brought back cars every time he went out. Before you know it, he had 3,500 plus cars. I think he had a, a Guinness Book record at one point. I, I do remember that. Yeah. The, the, the neat thing about all this is I've I've bootstrapped the whole thing. So there, there's no wealthy benefactor behind any of this. It is literally, I describe it as all of a co-op style. So it is, it is people going, hey, I like the concept of this museum. How can I be a part of it? 
Well, you know, amazing. I mean, entrepreneurship, American know-how, go-to, be strong, make your dreams happen. Uh, that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show because this story is awesome. And and again, as if all that's not enough, you and your wife, Tori, have a marketing agency. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, what's funny is uh, my, my wife started her marketing company in 2007 mm-hmm. uh, of all years. Oh, and, that was a tough year to start a company. Right. And yeah. uh I, I, I stayed working in corporate for years until 2016. I finally was like, all right, I'm going to work full time with you. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to do this thing. It wasn't a year later and miles two time started and I got pulled away uh, <laughs> ever since. So I, I basically do whatever she needs me to do in what little free time that I have available. What kind of marketing agency is it? What do you guys or what does Tori do there? Uh, so she, she owns Lake Shark Media, um, but also it's she's shifted everything towards ToriMathis.com, and she actually teaches now. And so she t- teaches smart marketing and, and tells people how they can take care of everything they need to take care of themselves the smart way. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I tell you that the... the- world we live in now and our ability as individuals, and I'm a great example, to reach out to people. And when I started this, it was nine years ago. And most people, when I said I'm a podcaster, they went, what's that? Right. (laughs) You're one of those young kids that, you know, has this weird media thing. Now everybody seems to have a podcast. But yeah, you know, I sit here some days and I go, wow, I'm reaching people in 80 countries every day. This is just amazing and the things that you can do on your own and sounds like Tori and I hope I'm inspiring people and helping people as well with what I do to be able to reach out and offer things to people for virtually free uh, is pretty pretty cool so my hats off to you and Tori for the entrepreneurial spirit that that you guys have let's talk a little bit about more about you and get to know you a little bit more inspirational people mentors what I call our driving inspiration is has there been somebody in your life that's really helped you with this uh, museum stuff and all the old car things uh, you know my wife Tori if it, if it wasn't for her there would be no miles through time because literally when the opportunity came to start the museum my first instinct was it's just an idea. I, I don't have the time or the money or anything. And she was the one that was really pushing it down, you know, that saying, I, I would I would absolutely regret not trying. I'd rather do it and fail than to yeah. have, yeah. you know, regretted not doing it at all. Now I also have uh, my, you know, my, my circle of support has grown much larger. I've got a guy named Truett Phillips, uh, Jenny, Kevin, and a, a, a few other volunteers at Miles Who Time that, that really helped me with everything. I mean, it, the, the museum has grown to the point now that I, I literally, there is no way I can do it by myself. Yeah. Well, you know, you've learned more about the secret sauce to life and that's surround yourself with very good people and then uh, have them or let them, I should say, do their job <laughs> and, that's stay, right. and stay out of their way. Challenges. Now, what you've taken on and not really knowing what was coming must have been a great challenge. Is there one specific situation, though, that was was a great challenge and maybe kind of pushed you back on your heels, but taught you a great lesson that you look back now and say, boy, I'm glad I did that? Uh, you know, start starting a museum with one car is a huge challenge. And then to literally start over from scratch again three years later with no funds was even more difficult, believe it or not. But then I, just, I stayed focused on the end goal, uh, which was to create a world-class automotive museum. And I have no direct line to get there. So I'm constantly just trying to find creative ways to do it. And that, I mean, that's part of the reason why Vintage Garage Antiques even exists. Is it, 
I wasn't planned, but it works. It makes sense. You know, people have said to me throughout my life, oh, you're so lucky. You're always so lucky. And I go, well, that's a nice thought. But I really think it's more of preparation and observation of seeing an opportunity that occurs that crosses your path and looking at it and thinking about it and taking that challenge, if you will. Sounds like that's what you've done. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a great partner. When I started this podcast, honestly, almost everybody I said I was going to do this just went, what? (laughs) Yeah, And my wife, uh, who's way smarter than me, my listeners know that, I say it all the time, but she is, um, she looked at me and she said, if you don't at least try this, you will always look back and say, I wonder what what would have been, what could have happened. So, you know, yeah, it's important to have people around you that support you and let you take that chance, right? Yeah, you think of how many things don't get done because somebody doesn't have that person behind them telling them, hey, you need to go do this. Well, yeah, and that philosophy of... Failing is okay because for so long, I know a person I used to know used to say, oh, failure is not an option. Well, that keeps you from trying crazy things. Absolutely. And I remember a great talk. I wish I could, I couldn't even paraphrase it properly, but Elon Musk was talking about that and the fact that you've got to take chances. And if you're not willing to take chances, I think he said, just go work for somebody else. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, bravo to you and all those out there that take chances. And all of us have fallen on our face and get up again and go, okay, well, I won't do that again. I'll try something different. Special vehicle stories. I have a feeling it's Pop's Cadillac. Is that the car for you? Uh, it is. However, I've got another special car oh, that's, good. Okay. that we've added. Uh, I've got a 1935 Mathis EMY4S. Wait, uh, there's a name here. Does that relate? Uh, it, it is the same name. However, as far as I know, I'm not related to it. Okay. I actually did not know they even made a Mathis vehicle until I saw the concept Mathis at the Tampa Bay Automobile Museum. Oh, well, that must have been exciting to see. It, it was awesome. And for a couple of years, I had, uh, you know, I, I was like, man, I, it makes sense for me to have one. I, I want one. Uh, however, there aren't any in the States. Uh, and even when you find them overseas, there are very few. But I happened to be judging a concourse show in Tampa in 2021, and Susan from the Tampa Bay Automobile Museum was there with her car and her husband, and she told me that a guy had just snail mailed a packet to sell them his Mathis in Melbourne, Florida. Oh, my gosh. And so I reached out to the guy, drove to Melbourne, Florida to meet him, saw the car, uh, tried to get him to donate the car to the museum because I didn't actually have any way of buying the car. Um, but after meeting him and telling him what I wanted to do with it and everything, uh, I went back and created a, um, a platform for, for, to raise the, the money to purchase the car, got it within a month and went back down there and was able to purchase the car from him. And now it is on display in the museum and it is the only one in the country. So that company is, was started by, or, or by a gentleman in France. That's right. Emile Mathis. Yeah. Wow. What an interesting thing. You know, it's so funny how many cars I was the first time I went to Hershey to the big swap meet. I was walking around my daughter, who's 33 now, I believe. I hope I got that right, Paige. I hope so. (laughs) Sorry. Um, It's hard to think you have a daughter that old. Makes you feel really old. And I was walking around, you know, it was a typical rainy um, Hershey swap meet day. And I came across this guy with medallions, like the cloisonne hood medallions off cars. Mm -hmm. And one was Paige. And I went, 
page. I've never heard of a page car. And he goes, oh, yeah. And he, t- he goes, I've got two of them back here. Walk around. And there's these two cars, you know, back from, I think, 1917, 1920. Uh, again, kind of an obscure car maker that exists. So I had to buy all the hood emblems that he had. That's awesome. I had them framed for my daughter. But uh, yeah, I have never heard of them. I'm going to have to do a little uh, Wikipedia checking here and learn more about this. And, and as I open up Wikipedia here and we talk, I see founded in 1905. Yep. Wow. How cool is that? So, how's this? What what powers this thing? Like, what are we talking about for power? It's got a little four cylinder in it. I mean, essentially, it looks a lot like a Ford, uh, except the entire car is metric. Okay, gotcha. Of course. What's yeah. neat though is the guy the guy I got it from purchased it from the original owner in 1957 while he was serving in the Air Force in the French Alps. The original owner was actually using the car as a tractor at the time. Oh, he, he then drove, he purchased it and drove the car on and off base until he had it shipped to the States in 1959 and has had it ever since. Oh my gosh. Wow. Which I was also like, Hey, I'm air force. My grandpa's car is 1959. That's when he brought it back. Yeah. You know, the, the name, I was like, this car is meant to come to, with me. Well, I think so. Yeah. Well, how cool is that? I love it. I love it. So Bucket list moving forward. Where do you see your business, your museum, all these entities being? Now, let's not go too far down the road because things can happen as right. we just experienced. But let's say the next three to five years. Oh, three to five years? <laughs> yeah. Is that too far? Is that looking too far out? It's actually, I look, I look way out. Mike, uh, my, my ultimate goal for the museum, I created it to outlast me. Awesome. Uh, well, of course. So, yeah. So it, it, it the the goal is to have our own building for the museum something large enough to display over 100 vehicles i think keeping vintage garage antiques is a unique aspect of it so i'd like to keep that um and then having a huge parking lot for car shows i mean our annual car show we bring in a thousand people in one day um and but right now a thousand wow good job wow but right now we're we're in a building that's you know owned by somebody else. We're trying to do the best we can, but I mean, I I think eventually if we can have a purpose built facility for the museum, something that'll, I mean, right now I think of miles through time as a very beginning stages of something great yeah yeah well you know if there's a listener out there that's looking this maybe a little philanthropic or maybe wants to reach out to sean and say hey we have some funds i mean you know it was me, the Mark Green building for the, uh, that's right. for, you know, we'll put contact information. That sounds pretty cool because the great thing again, well, I say it's great, but it is part of time is a lot of folks. And I had this conversation at La Jolla Concord. A lot of the folks that have these old cars are aging out and they want them to carry on. They want them to be seen and they want young people to see them. And, but what do I do with the collection? And if they've got some wealth, uh, this is a nice way to carry on that legacy and uh, put it in the, the uh, very confident hands of Sean Mathis. So there you go. Maybe we'll connect you with the right people. Nice. I want to crawl into your head a little bit here and be your car psychologist. If you were reincarnated or manifest as a vehicle, maybe we already answered this one too, because you are a Mathis, you have a Mathis, but what would you be and why? You know, uh, that's, that's a, that's an interesting question. <laughs> it's very different. Um, I, I think I'd be a Porsche 944. Nice. Okay. And, and the reason would be because it's not quite what you think of when you think of a classic Porsche, uh, but it's quickly becoming an iconic and desirable car that will only keep going up in value. Oh yeah. I have a friend that has several of those and he just loves them. And I remember when that car came out and well, the 924, that first one. 
you know, mm-hmm. and a friend of my mom's, uh, I was in high school, he bought one and I'm a nine 11 guy always been. And he brought it over and I kind of, eh, okay. And he gave it to me to take my date to my senior high, um, prom in. And so I got to drive it down to San Diego and over the Coronado Bridge to Hotel Dell. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. Not super fast or anything like that. But then when the 9044 came out and the variations and the racing success that car had was pretty impressive. And I'll tell you, when I was at the La Jolla Concours, I went out to Rancho Santa Fe to watch the tour drive through. And they have a car show out there every Saturday at Cars and Coffee. There was a guy there with it. Remember the 968? Yeah. I had not seen one of those in a long time. This guy's was all original. It was a beautiful light blue color with a white linen interior. It was the I think it was the only one that was built like that. Just a beautiful car with a cup wheels and cup mirror and that, you know, that era kind of the next generation 944. So, nicely said. I think you might be the only 944 on the show too, which is kind of cool. Hey. Yeah. Unique guy. I love it. <laughs> How about great reading? We love books here. Is there a great book you'd like to share? Uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot of time to read books. Yeah, I, would, I would think so. Yeah. I do. I have a lot of windshield time. So I listen to Audible and, and I've listened to hundreds of books. Uh, and some of my most recent ones, uh, Authentic, a memoir by the founder of Vans by Paul Van Doren is awesome. Uh, Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind and oh, Defy the course. Odds by yeah. David Goggins. Uh, Discipline is Destiny, The Power of Self-Control by Ryan Holiday is a really cool book. Wow, you got a nice library going there. Yeah, and you may know this, Sean, but I'm going to say it again because so many people I talk to don't know this. My wife, my kids both, they read way more than I do. I try to keep up with all the books I get. Mostly I'm dealing with car books and enjoy them, but I just hit my library overfloweth. And uh, my wife discovered years ago, if you join your local library, they will send you audiobooks to your device for free. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it's and if you if they don't have it, you just request it and they'll get it for you. Now, nothing against Audible, but you'd have to pay for that. But yeah, it's tremendous. So she gets one or two books a week and they just come to her device and reads them and then onward because she used to keep all these books and then she had this stacks and stacks of all these, you know, paperbacks and everybody kind of hates to get get rid of a book, you know? It's like Oh yeah. Will I go back to that? I don't know, but Audible's a great way. So I'll put those on Sean's show notes page where well, if you listeners don't know this, or maybe you're new, there's a place on the Cars Show website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 3,000 books that are recommended by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts, just like Sean. So check it out. Ultimate Drive, Sean. Okay, here comes the fun part. I'm your benefactor. I'm the guy you've always wanted to meet because I've got a big checkbook. I'm going to provide you with any car in the world. Park it in your driveway. You can take it on a drive. If you want to go across the country on that trip and visit all the museums, I'll book the bill for that. Don't worry about it. And you can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us. So what does this ultimate drive look like for you? You know, this this is the one where uh, it would be my 1959 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Um, I never rode in the car with my pop and can't ever even recall seeing him with the car. It was always just under the cover in his shop. Um, I drive the car while he told me stories of how he first bought the car new. Um, it's something I'll, you know, I'll never know. Oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would just be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a great testament to anybody listening, and I know we're all busy in their lives, but if you have a chance to go for a drive with somebody from your family or even somebody up the street that's a an elder person that has a cool car, yeah, take them for a drive and just listen. Ask them some stories about before you know, way back before you were born. And uh, they have some amazing, amazing things to, 
to share. Or go to a Cars and Coffee and just walk around with an older person and say, hey, what was this like when it came out when you were a kid in the 30s or 40s? Uh, I did that at the La Jolla Concourse with a few people that I ran into who were past guests here who were in their late 80s. And it's amazing what you learn. You know, it's just it's just wonderful. So sounds like a wonderful trip that that would be. You've taken us on a wonderful trip. And, and again, my hat's off to you. And I can't thank you enough for spending time. And what you're doing to carry on the legacy of cars for people and introduce things to people. I mean, just incredible. Could you share maybe a success quote, a mantra, or some words of inspiration for our listeners before I let you go? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, st- I started a car museum with one car and no money at 33 years old in a city I had never been to. For every one person that was excited for me, 20 were waiting for me to fail. No matter how far-fetched something may seem like founding a car museum that is about 50,000 square feet, over 100 vehicles on display, uh, as long as you give it everything you've got and don't quit, you can make it happen. Well, for sure. Yeah, don't quit. Make it happen. Uh, Fantastic. And, And I love it. And it's always fun to look back and go, wow, I was able to pull that off. That is pretty neat. Um, so, uh, and the other thing I always say, and I've heard this many, many times, if you've got naysayers in your life, <laughs> leave them in the rearview mirror. Right. And surround yourself with people that will support you and uh, enlist your skills. And you know, they might step up and help you in many ways too. So ask for help because there's a lot of people out there that love to help. How can people learn more about Miles Through Time Automotive Museum, the Automotive Museum Guide, the Vintage Garage uh, Antiques, and of course, uh, Tori and your business? So you can follow me on social media, Shanti Mathis, or at Miles Through Time, or at Automotive Museum Guide, at Vintage Garage Antiques, um, or MilesThroughTime.com, AutomotiveMuseumGuide.com, VintageGarageAntiques.com, uh, and ToriMathis.com. Holy cow. You've got a few websites. Well, Sean, this is amazing. And I'm so happy that we were able to meet each other and connect. Really, really wonderful what you're doing. Uh, Keep it up, my friend. And until you and I talk again, I'll see you hopefully down the road at a museum or at yours. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!